Rachel Kaysen. I'm with Explore Your Story and this is another episode, this time looking at, well, the paradox really that a lot of us face when we look at our own reactions to settledness, to sameness, or to the opposite of this, to change. If you're listening to this, you are possibly and probably identifying as a third culture kid or as somebody who has had very complicated life experiences, a story that maybe not many people have heard before or a story that doesn't make sense to a lot of people and you're looking to find ways of better understanding who you are. The way that we react to settledness or stability can sometimes surprise us. People expect us to find change difficult. That's something that is often talked about, adapting to change, having sudden changes thrust upon us and finding that really difficult to adjust to. A massive change that a lot of people are dealing with right now, of course, is adapting to life with coronavirus or even adapting to life as the restrictions around us to help protect from um, coronavirus are are lifting. So there's another change afoot, another transition that people are going through. Either way, change can be really unnerving. And if you reflect for a few minutes on your own story, I wonder what your experiences of change have been. A lot of us find our brains really rapidly dot joining when we encounter change we're sort of looking through the the store the database that we're carrying in our minds around other kinds of changes similar to this one so it's a sort of cliche isn't it but some people always go through similar rituals when they have a breakup you know they go out and they get a haircut or they go out and change their their wardrobe or They do something to create a positive change in response to what can feel like a negative one. And that's a fairly natural response, isn't it? We look for ways of trying to find ways of controlling as much as we can of our lives in the face of change. But sometimes we have a less expected response to change. Some of us who grew up with change being more constant than stability find a certain comfort there. Change can be the sea we comfortably swim in. We can find ourselves so accustomed to rapid requirements towards adaptation that Actually, stability and sameness start to trigger anxiety much more than changes do. Things being the same, day in, day out, can be strangely unnerving. A bit like doldrums. My first encounter of the word doldrums was, I think, reading Voyage of the Dawn Treader. And there's a scene, C.S. Lewis's sort of series, Land, Witch and the Wardrobe, a later on book, The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. There's a scene where on this voyage, they hit a period of the doldrums where there's no wind, no movement. 
and they've just had storms. So at first they're quite grateful for this, but soon it becomes oppressive. There's a stuckness. They feel themselves running out of resources, running out of water and food. There's no movement, no life. And a lot of fear kicks in. Now, if, like me, you spent a lot of your childhood growing up, moving around, staying still can feel very unnatural, very stuck. What do we do with that feeling? Looking back over my life, I can see a few different ways that I've handled that feeling some of it very subconscious where I've not really worked out what's going on and what I'm reacting to. There was a time a few years ago where I suddenly, I spent about a week or two feeling slightly out of my own skin. There was this restlessness and emotional volatility and just not knowing what to do with myself And so I sat down and did a bit of a life story process on myself and kind of went, okay, what is going on in my life? What's the context for this feeling? Let's assume for a minute that I'm not actually crazy. Let's assume that this feeling is data, that it makes sense. What about my context, my environment, my living situation makes sense of this feeling? And it hit me like a brick to the head I was coming up to about five years living in the same house. That was the longest I have ever lived in one house in one straight um, amount of time. And my body was reacting. My emotions were reacting before I'd even joined the dots in my consciousness A restlessness had kicked in, a kind of readiness to move, a an unsettledness. I was expecting the sky to fall and all of my adrenaline and all of my body clock coping strategies were readying themselves for change. And change was not coming. Or rather it was coming in a more unnerving form that is in little dribs and draps. If you grew up as a third culture kid, if you grew up with changes happening on a grand scale, you didn't just change school, you changed country and language at the same time. You didn't just lose a friend, you lost your entire peer group at the same time. You didn't just pick up a new hobby, you had to learn a new language to be able to do so. Those were big scale changes. And that's what I know how to do. I'm less accustomed to changing one element of my life, perhaps a piece of furniture or a hobby or even an aspect of my job. And find that the rest of my life remains stable. That is a deeply unnerving experience, or at least it was for me two years ago. Realising that change is my stability, or at least that's the way my mind has developed, 
has been a very significant element towards me better understanding my reactions to both change and stability constancy. And this has huge implications. Are you feeling the dots joining in your own mind with your own story? Does this make any sense of any restlessness you have ever felt when your friendships have lasted longer than usual? When your relationships reach a certain year or a certain point longer than you're accustomed to? Perhaps when you're on your second or third year of that hobby or that class that you joined? Do you start to get itchy feet? I've been known to actually create change um, to try and soothe the way my mind feels about change and stability. I've been known to do this pretty destructively, starting arguments, causing conflict, quitting groups with little notice and poor management, finishing hobbies, just stopping, even sort of nitpicking friendships, getting one or two indications that maybe I'm not as close to somebody as I used to be and deciding, okay, that's the sign, all finish, start again somewhere else. There are constructive ways, of course, as well of handling this. And in more recent years, I've gotten a lot more attuned to what these can look like. It's so important to be able to locate our emotional responses to the longevity of something, to the stability of something. To be able to better understand ourselves and therefore be able to respond to ourselves much more in line with our long-term goals. I want long-term friendships. So I need to start noticing when I'm pulling away in reaction to sameness. Simply because of my aversion to it or because of the heightened anxiety that I might experience... Because the longer something stays the same, the closer I am to the sky falling, right? The further we get, the nearer we are to the next big move. Constructive things that we can do about this abound, of course. We can intentionally pick up new hobbies, redecorate a portion of our home without needing to capsize the experience of stability in our lives. Maybe we will need an experience of novelty or change or newness to just be able to compensate for the anxiety that settledness might bring us. But we can do that. We can negotiate with our minds and we can offer compromise solutions that keeps both our mind, our emotions and our long-term agendas for ourselves happy. One way of looking at this is is based on sort of Freud's ego, super ego, id notion where you've got this very sensible parent voice telling you what you should do 
and our younger child selves much more emotionally reactive in terms of what we want, what we desire. And then that middle, middle ego place of, okay, I hear both of you. How can we keep this balanced? Because if parent voice, if super ego gets its way too much, if we live entirely by should, then we struggle. If we live entirely by desire, we struggle too. We can negotiate with our own minds, with our own needs, but of course we have to know what they are first. We have to bring all the parties to the table and hear them. Of course, for some people who've experienced a lot of change in childhood, depending on how that change was experienced or how that change was managed, change might be deeply frightening. We might crave sameness and observe any shift in that landscape around us, any movement in our relationships as an indicator that the sky will fall. And that's, that's a very scary place to live. And there we might find ourselves actually needing to reach for sameness. Again, we negotiate. We have to live with a certain amount of change and there's an awful lot that we have very little control over. But we can offer ourselves rhythms and routines. We can help ourselves notice where we are choosing to repeat good experiences. And one way we can do this, of course, is by really digging into the festivals and celebrations we want to engage with throughout the year. For a lot of us who moved around, we might have collected really great experiences of a whole range of different festivals and celebrations from different countries and cultures around the world. And celebrating them, repeating those rhythms throughout our year can be a wonderful way of not only connecting with our own stories but again of soothing the brain of reminding the brain that there is constancy there is repetition there is time that we don't have to collapse ourselves into one place one time and we will never have this ever again but that we can transport experiences and bring them with us for the next chapters of our lives not exactly a universal festival but growing up one thing that my family did was have pancakes the french crepe pancakes the big flat ones um, with honey and um, sugar or lemon juice. My father always preferred orange juice and sultanas or raisins. And we would roll them up and that would be both our main course and our pudding every Saturday lunchtime. And that came with us, whatever country we were in, because whatever country we were in, we could probably find eggs, flour and milk for pancakes. And there was a security in that rhythm. That repetition of sensory experience provided a little thread that ran through many, many years. And I've adapted that in my adult life with my own child. It's actually one of her favourite meals. But the adaptation for us is 
often on a Saturday morning or for a special occasion, we have American pancakes. Or in the UK, they're sometimes called Scotch pancakes, although I think the American ones are much fluffier. And it has been a thing for me to track down the best recipe and provide this ritual, this repetition. But also celebrating different seasons. Just watching Christmases and harvests and springtimes roll around every year in the same place offers a stability of constancy even if other elements of our lives are changing. And of course, the more we plan in these celebrations and we plan in these marked noticing, those conscious conscious noticing of change and stability over which we do have some element of control, we can start to soothe our reactions to both events. Because sometimes we are walking paradoxes. Sometimes we react to change very strongly and other times we react to sameness very strongly. There's no one way to be, but there's always a reason why you are. You make sense. You have always made sense. And understanding your responses to various triggers like stability, like change can only bring you one step closer to compassion for yourself as well. And when we have compassion, we decide we're worth the effort of soothing, of response. And then we can find these elements, ingredients of life, these rhythms that we can put in place that really benefit us and help us to feel more in control of our own stories. Thank you for listening. I hope this has been helpful or interesting. I'd love to hear your feedback. Take care of yourself. Bye.